from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to another edition of The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Talk Radio. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd will be on shortly. The Other Kind Today is April 19th, and this is episode 84. The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast in which Todd and Jeff ping-pong around all things pop culture and deliver to you, the kind listener. Returning listeners, welcome back to the program. We hope you are safe and practicing social distancing. The other and uh, you and all your loved ones are in good health. If you're a first-time listener, first you should be congratulated on finding this podcast. There's like 8 billion of them out there. And uh, we invite you to uh, get cozy, sit back, relax, and uh, we're also glad you're here. While everybody's listening, we encourage everyone to subscribe like the other kind radio by doing so you're helping feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show with its gravitational pull this episode is brought to uh, this episode is brought to you by pub one three four and uh, as we are practicing all of the quarantines for covid19 pubs pub one three four located on 90th and maple is still <laughs> having the to go service so uh i've i've done this you just roll in uh and they have uh, hand sanitizer there and you walk up and usually one of the uh, friendly faces from pub 14134 is there good lord jeff get it together and uh you just tell me what you want i want a six pack of this or uh this or that and they package it up and you pay them and you're supporting a local business and uh getting some some beers to go. So Pub134, thank you for that. Continued uh, safety to everybody that's uh, working that operation. Uh, we can't wait till we can go back. This week on The Other Kind Radio, Todd's take on classic Star Wars movies are now available in 4K. I didn't even know that was a thing. Jeff's Judgment, a new video game that's knocking big players like Fortnite and Overwatch kind of the back row it's called valorant and i was lucky enough to get a key to play and have done so so i'll give you an update on that center stage uh the latest in the i don't know if it was dc or marvel but it's a uh movie with harlequin called birds of prey that's kind of got some headlines behind it and todd and i have watched it we're going to give you a little review on that well with all that horrible broadcasting behind us we're going to move forward we're going to bring the real talent to the show Let's now welcome my podcast partner. He is a family generator, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boom box founder, and all around renaissance man, live from his studio in the great state of Texas and delivering the pop culture significance of the number 84. Please, let's welcome Todd. Well, hello, everyone. Happy, uh... Happy April 19th. Happy birthday to my lovely wife of almost 26 years. Um, happy everything and happy 84. Happy 84. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you right now, 84 is a social number. So I'm going to let her know that on her birthday, 84 is a social number that supports and encourages the creative expression of others, which automatically, no offense, excludes my wife because creative expression is not her strong suit. So 
Oh, well. Can you give me an example of what create, what is that? Creative social, what? You never told me I had to give examples (laughs) just to tell you what the significance. Social, Social creativeness, is that what it said? It supports and encourages the creative expression of others. It tends to raise the optimism of people it associates with. The energy 84 represents the 10, uh, uh, represents, <laughs> the, oh, the energy that it represents tends to be materially oriented. God. Wow. Okay. Really? So growing up, there was a place called 84 Lumber where, where, where Pop would go to build, you know, get all yeah. the lumber for our cabin. Right. Do you think they were working on that level? Or do you think that when they started, they literally only had 84 pieces of lumber? 84 pieces of lumber, lumber on the truck. 84, 84 pieces of lumber. lumber. I, I'm going to go with the latter. Okay. <clears throat> wait, so 84 wait, wait. is also the sum of tw- of a twin prime, 41 plus 43. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, I, I I really like the pop culture significance of these numbers. <laughs> but when you start looking at those numbers, it's like, what? Yeah, it's a little bit like getting your, oh, look, I'm wearing my Pub 134 shirt. Look at you. Yeah. I'm wearing my underdog shirt which is probably my favorite sleep shirt in the whole world. Oh, nice. Underdog, yeah, the I'm cartoon? Really sexy today. Uh-huh. Oh. So when I was a kid, um, I was already a pop culture slut. And <laughs> I would watch, I, I would literally wait for Underdog to come on, and my mom very sweetly and cutely would, in the background, Underdog, Underdog, save me. And she said I'd run in and act all, like, heroic. I thought Underdog, I didn't really realize it was an odd satire of the thing. I know we're... I know we're still working on our technical aspect, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm keying on the, uh, the underdog, uh, theme song here. Once, uh, YouTube decides to let me play it. Let me unmute it. Thanks. Thanks. Underdog is here. This is great podcasting. This is called radio silence. The audience is hearing it. When criminals in this world appear and break the laws that they should fear and frighten all who see or hear, the cry goes up both far and near for underdog, underdog, underdog. All right, so Todd didn't hear it, but the kind listener heard the theme song, which sounds like it was written in 1587. Sing a little bit to me, just so I remember. It's like when dangers round the corner and you run and dum 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 with underdog. I, man, I still love that. And then they made those really bad movies of Underdog. And when you can't make Underdog, if you don't realize it's a send up of the genre, it's that's all there is about it. People back off, Underdog. Yeah, don't mess with Underdog. Um, so, 1984, the year Coleco Vision <laughs> console. Did you have a Coleco Vision? No, but I played one. My friends did. Really, I. I don't. I never owned my own game console back in those days. I always had friends, and I would go over to their houses. I didn't own one. Right. Yeah. Uh, my Little Pony hit. Man, the rest of these toys just suck. <laughs> my Little Pony. Let's see. Nineteen eighty-four would have been. Let's pass fast forward. Press all the depressing news. There, we got enough of that on our own. Some little unknown kid named Michael Jackson. Sold 37 million copies of Thriller from beginning in 83 and through 84. I mean, just that's crazy insane. Uh, This was the year that um, British and Irish pop musicians got together to sing Do They Know It's Christmas, which would go on to inspire We Are the World. So it was that kind of era when we all were trying to turn and help each other. Oh, it doesn't sound that different than today. 
popular films of 1984, Ghostbusters. <clears throat> Who are you going to call? Yes. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Which, I real quick, I and I, I don't want to derail us, mm -hmm. but tying into your Star Wars, when Star Wars was re-released um, back in theaters, I think a decade or so ago, um, we were going to go see it as a family, and my dad was pretty pumped about it because he remembered taking me as a kid. So he'd be like, okay, all right, are you ready? And he'd go, Bum, bum, and he did it like three or four times. And finally, I turned around and Pop said, Pop, that's Indiana Jones. We're going to go see Star Wars. So that's a nod to him. Every time I hear Indiana Jones, I think of Star Wars and my dad getting the theme songs mixed up. Yeah, I, I love your dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. No, that, that brings to mind that my lovely bride that is turning older today, I won't say how much older, um, she she cannot keep things like that straight either. She'll kind of jump around. I'm like, no, 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 honey, this one. Right. Anyway, um, we also had the Karate Kid coming out. Um, Police Academy. Did, were you a big Police Academy fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the guy that can make all the noises with his mouth. And then, wow, wow, whoa, yeah. Whatever and then you had is. the father-son that would, like, play fight and beat the crap out of each other. Loved me some Police Academy. Yeah. We had the Terminator, Amadeus. Amadeus, great movie. If you've not seen that, that is one of those with this whole work from home. Go go see some of these films you've never seen before. Amadeus is just a stinking great movie. Uh, popular music acts at the time, Billy Joel, David Bowie, Wham! Hit it big with Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. But the one that really resonates here, people, this was the year of Bruce Springsteen with Born in the USA. Born in the USA. I've got to get our technical stuff fixed so I can... Be ready to play that. <clears throat> yeah, but you know, if you as a Springsteen fan, for for me, go listen to the to the versions where he plays it, sort of what's called Delta Blues, the slides and all that. He doesn't play the big bombastic thing. <clears throat> At that point, you'll really hear a song that not what you heard on the radio. Ah, <laughs> choking to death. So sorry. Don't choke to death. Hey, I've got a uh, the other kind of radio not discussed in pre production. Total surprise thing for you. Go. Uh, the great pop who I just uh, threw under the bus with his mix up between Indiana Jones and star Wars yeah. sent me an article this week. I need to know what year you were born. I was born in 1966. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know if that wow was, did I effectively ramp down before I exploded in a cough or did you really just shocked that I was born that long ago? Ah, there's no 1966 in here. Um, Thanks a lot, Pop. So basically, it's an article on Insider.com of the most incredible techno gadget that was in that was introduced mm -hmm. in that year. So it goes from it goes from 65 to 67. That's because nothing technological right. came out in 1966. You were born, and they were like, we're putting everything on, on an hold right now. We're not making any new We're We got Todd, and he is a and that's what it is. Um, but I, I love you, so, too. So do you want to hear 60? What, what month were you born in? November of 66. So give me 67. All right. And so I'm trying to read this on a different computer. Uh, in 1967, Texas Instruments released the first handheld calculator, the first model that could fit in a pocket. 
Well, that's, you know, I'm not exactly the tallest man. So that's true of me too, I guess, is I'm the first model that could fit in a pocket. <laughs> Do you want to hear about the year I was born in 1972? No, let's move on to the next category. Please. Okay. All right. Yes, of course I do. <laughs> um, it was the first video game uh, console. It only played one game. It was Pong, uh -huh. 1972, Atari. Is there a single person that knows you well that is shocked to hear that the techno technological advancement of the year you were born had right. to do with video games? They put everything else on hold. They're like, we, we have solved Cold Fusion. They're like, we don't give a shit. Oops. Oh, we don't have <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, hang on. We got to invent this Pong video game. And uh, I appreciate that. Um, do you, any other year that you're interested in? Sure. Just um, 19. Let's see. 1992. You're going to tell me it's not on there either. <laughs> Stand by. 1988. 1991. Oh, <laughs> that isn't uh, Abby's. No, that's the year I graduated, and for whatever reason, I just jumped on it. Oh, okay. Uh, that was uh, the year. Development started in 1987, but in 1992, the Philips Sonic Care electric toothbrush was released. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> This this we, we we should play around with this a little bit more just because wow it's like you know you got calculator pocket calculator I got video games and that year it was the toothbrush not that there's anything <laughs> pick, wrong with pick that. a number <clears throat> well it was I mean I don't know how far it goes um forward ninety seven was uh do you remember the Tamaguchi Tamagotchi, the little plastic uh, egg shaped. Yeah, uh, you could you could uh, take care of a digital dinosaur. Animal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's where society fell apart when you started taking care of a dinosaur and an egg. In ninety nine, that yeah. was the first year that TiVo was introduced. I remember when TiVo oh. first came out; that was awesome. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, I, I miss TiVo. TiVo was so it was intuitive. It was easy to use. And now you, you know, hey, uh, I probably shouldn't dog who I have. They're never going to sponsor us. DirecTV, your DVR stinks. <laughs> I mean, you go along and there are times where I'm like, what does it want me to do? Why isn't it intuitive? Why can't it figure it out? Man, Hello. I miss TiVo. Hello? Hello? No, No, we're recording the show right now. Oh, you're the president of DirecTV. Oh, well, thank you for calling the other kind radio. How can wow. I help you today? Well, you pulled me off sides on that. Um, oh, okay. Well, I'll let Todd know. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, they're not going to sponsor us now. Damn it. Oh, well. How are they listening when this isn't even being broadcast live? Don't ask because that's not been invented yet. That'll be on the list next year. I miss the sound that the TiVo made. I need to find that, find those, and, and play them next on the next episode. Okay, I that like little that, that little. Boop, beep, boop, 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 beep. I mean, I you know now you can you can like things and let their little algorithm predict uh -huh. things, for you, but it just isn't the same as how effectively TiVo did it. Yeah, and and so you paid us basically for the kind listener. <laughs> The, the younger kind listener, 
Mm-hmm. Um, basically, TiVo was this this device that you paid a small monthly fee, but you basically it was a it was a pass through for your video uh, that you got on your television, and then you could just tell it, "I want to record," you know, this show at this time, and it would record it. And you could fast forward through the ads. So as quickly as they could, all the advertising agencies got together and said, we need to stop that (laughs) and make sure that they can't pass uh, the advertising. Because God forbid one person fast fast forward through a Kmart ad and not go buy the garbage can that's on sale for $4.99 that week. And, of course, they while they did effectively all but kill TiVo, Everybody else came out with their own DVRs that stink in comparison. So thanks a lot, advertising community. Yeah, you want to record your favorite sporting uh, event that happens to go long? Too bad. We're cutting it off right at the end. Yep. And we're going to play Heidi, the musical. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah, I I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I think... Catherine's was the year that the uh the first CD player mm. was uh announced which uh announced. I, so, so what year is she born or can you say that on air I'm not falling for that bit I'll give I'll give you the <laughs> I'll give you this <laughs> uh-huh okay um and for those of you that can't see as we do hand signals on a audio focused Yes. Show, he let me know that Catherine is just 24. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it even more creepy. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a near, uh, cool article. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Thanks to Pop for passing that along so you could look and see what, what year the pocket calculator came out. That would be Thanks, Pop. Time. So uh, let's move on. Let's go ahead and get that familiar, warm, comforting sound. Ah, uh, yes. The projector. That means it's time for Todd's take on. Todd, what's your take on this week? So one thing that I don't often do um, on our podcast is share my my love of the um, the the techie side of geekdom, which would be that films when you buy them on Blu-ray and whatnot, you know you're you're losing a little bit of the resolution that film can give if it's shot on digital, whatever it may be. So there are a lot of older films that have not yet had. For, oh, really? Really? <laughs> Sorry, that was for I Beaker. Don't... That was for Beaker. Beaker t- emailed me the other day. He was like, "I haven't heard the fancy music on the podcast in forever." So that was for Beaker. Thanks, Beaker. Thanks. Uh, you know, yeah. hey, from now on, Beaker, keep your fancy music to yourself because <laughs> there's nothing like that that groin shot that I get right there. I'm sorry, I don't care. Okay. So, um. <laughs> There are a lot of class, you know, newer films are automatically going to have releases in 4K, etc. But there are a lot of the classic films that haven't yet done it because what has to be done, for those of you who don't know, is you can't just take a digital scan and say, hey, we've got it at this resolution. Let's put it at 4K and suddenly magically it's done. No, you have to actually go back to the original print. You have to do a new scan of it. You have to then transfer, etc. So the very long story short, Star Wars, the reason that I eventually did go on to get a green film, Yes, that's right. Is now available in UHD slash 4K. The discs are out. How many discs is it? Uh, Well, so there's a box set that because of COVID, I can't find, and I feel really guilty building it Ah. because it's so expensive. Ooh. Um, 
And I didn't tell you this. My wife did join the ranks of the furlough this week. And so we're at least oh. being smart. Yeah. Oh, sorry to hear that. It, it is what it is. We're, we're okay. But I can't warrant spending all the money. So what I've done is I've gone out and bought A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Well, that's all you really films. need. Yeah. The, you know, the, my two favorite films of that whole cycle, just really to see what they look oh, like. Oh, oh, oh. Did you find it? Yeah, I did. Um, well, two things. One, yeah, that you did. I mean, you got to get it, and you got to have something to watch. Um, right. w- one question, actually, pre-production, I wanted to share with the kind listeners: Does it have Lucas's crazy bullshit extra stuff added into these versions? So it unfortunately does. Okay. Um, you're never. I don't think you're ever going to see, as long as he's alive, the. There are versions that you can get of the original 1977 release. Yeah. Um, but it is from, I, I'm pretty sure, from what's called an answer print, which is before they do all the final color timing, et cetera. Um, a lot of times it's simply what's put in while they work on things. And so the the, the version you can get of that is awful. Um, I, so what the reason I get so excited about this is that I want to see, yes, you're going to get a lot of these special edition things that are put in. And, and to be fair, some of them don't bother me when you see the Millennium Falcon blasting off a different way. Yeah, I realize yeah. it's not the original way. That doesn't bother me. When they go back, there was a place in the original after Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan that his lightsaber all of a sudden went white in a shot. They uh-huh. didn't color it, and they fixed that. That doesn't bother me. No, no, no. But when, look, I do err on the side of the whole debate of Greedo shooting first before Han kills him in the cantina. It's wrong. And it's not wrong just because you changed the original. It's wrong because it ruins the character. Yeah. That character was an old West cowboy. That's what it said was he's going to shoot you under the table. Yeah. He's always ready to do what he needs to. And you ruined that element of him when you do that. He was Period. a scoundrel. Yes, George yeah. Lucas, you're wrong. I, you are wrong to say yeah. that that's what you intended. You're wrong to change it. However, that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk <laughs> about is these films are rescanned from the original negative, and they are stunningly beautiful. I mean, really, I I pulled my wife in and I said, "Look, I, I I'm going to show you the opening of the film, and I don't expect you to." When I talk about look at the depth of color of definition. I said, instead, I want to wait until it gets to the shot of Darth Vader when he's grilling Princess Leia at the very first of the film. I said, wait till you see the scratches on his mask. And sure enough, I, you know, I know that the, that was one of George's big things was that he wanted the universe to look beat up. I don't ever recall seeing the number of scratches uh-huh. and indentations on his mask. It almost makes me think that originally they wanted his mask to be beat up too because it is... Either they had the worst prop person in the world that took care of that helmet or it was intentional. <laughs> but the the films are beautiful. I picked up Empire Strikes Back last night, watched it. There are places that I – reflections uh, on C-3PO's face that I've never noticed before because wow. the definition has not been there. Yeah. So, it, look, if you want to – and for whatever reason, I went to look for it on um, Amazon, and I don't see the box set on here. But if you want to spend all that money – Go for it. Knock yourself out. I'm not going to do it right now simply because yeah. times are what they are. But I will tell you this. If you're, if you're wanting something and if this kind of thing is important to you, the audio mix is beautiful. It's just everything about it is perfect. These films are worth the investment, at least the original three plus a couple others here and there. So, so I don't know if it includes 
all of the movies, but the one on Best Buy runs at two forty nine ninety nine. Um, and I'm Let seeing Best Buy because I'm not seeing one, it on two, Amazon. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It looks like a total of twenty seven discs. Yeah, it's something insane. What did you search when you went there? Um, I went to Google and uh-huh. I typed in uh, Star Wars four K. <clears throat> Um, everybody hang on while Uncle and, Todd and it, in. It, you know it's interesting um i i don't have a 4k television uh but i hear really cool things about it and I, but the one thing i hear is you have to be to really enjoy it like if you just grab a 4k tv and plug in your cable box and yeah. you're not going to see anything you got to have the 4k content yeah without question so I've gotten into debates with people at movie stores, you know, and, and no offense, no offense to them at all, but je- this is going to sound so, you, you want to play the snotty music? Sure. Here's your place. Go all for right. it. All right, Beaker, there you go. Um, at working in this industry and dealing with video and resolution all the time, please, when I get to your store, right. don't attempt to tell me that no one can perceive what 4K looks like. Oh, yes, the, you can. Like the human eye, yeah. Yeah, I, that you are wrong. You know, I deal with this kind of stuff almost daily. And when when you have a good TV that's 4K and you have content that is beautifully rendered, you're going to see something where you're just going to be like, whoa. It it, it looks so much better than any film on Blu-ray or anything like that. And I get super excited when these films start coming out in 4K. You know, that, that usually that person that has that argument is using the old argument of 720 versus uh, 1080. Yeah. And for most content that is generated, believe it or not, is done at, at 720. Um, but it's hard to tell the difference if you're looking at 720 resolution versus 1080. Now, when you get to 4K, it's a whole different thing. And in the industry that I work in as well, we run into that a whole lot. And so they're kind of using an old argument for something that doesn't apply to it. Um all I all I worry about is if it's, you know, it looks good. That's 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 it. So, um, wow, this actually now see this would be a reason why I'd start like, hey, uh, we need to get a four K TV because I'd love to see what it looks like. Now you're doing it on your your projector in your My theater, projector. right? Yeah. Oh, I bet that yeah, looks great. And I was forced to, I, I look, did I want a 4k projector? Yeah. But I, I may have even mentioned on the show at one point, my projector just, yeah, it was about 10 years old and it just, it, it died. It was an old DLP, right? No, it was, um, I don't, it's funny now because it's, it was an Epson and I can't even remember what, uh, but what technology it wasn't DLP though, huh? Uh, uh-uh. oh, okay. So it, it was, it, it literally it's just shocking when you go from what you yeah. had before which it was a 1080p and even finding content to make it look good but when i found you know um minimally compressed 4k content it is just like holy snot it looks deep well, but, you, so, go, ahead. go ahead please no no no, no. you go no no I, no 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 <laughs> all i was gonna say was uh, and even now projectors that are coming out that, can, that people can buy and put in their, their homes are a billion times better than they were about five, oh, yeah. eight years ago. Because the, the, the main problem with them back then was your, your bulb, which means the yeah. moment you fire your projector up, while it may not be immediately detectable by your eye, you're, you're losing brightness because the bulb's getting burnt. And they've worked on that with laser and other stuff that is fantastic. You're listening to Project, or Project, Projector Talk here on The Other Kind Radio. 
See, I can't get a punchline out today. I can't get my mouth to work. It's all good. Well, it, I want to say to everybody, too, that 4K now, you can go out and buy a great set. I was, I even went and looked it up. Nebraska Furniture Mart has a 50-inch <clears throat> 4K for 295 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get this technology super cheap. Now, you do, if you want it to look good, you do need to look at getting, you know, how's it going to come in? Get your right your 4K Blu-ray player that comes in and brings it in. But when you see it, these films are just gorgeous. And then they announced the other day that uh, Jaws is about to come out in 4K. Ooh, that so, would be fun to see. Yeah, there are just a ton of these films that, to me, if you're, if you're as much of a cinephile as I am, it is worth whether you do a projector, which projectors, do they run a little bit more? But I'm telling you, just like Jeff said, you know, yeah, you're con- even with the bulb technology, you are degrading it slowly right. over time. It is still, if you can find a room where you can isolate it and you can turn the lights off, yeah, you're going to have a true cinema experience. It's just magnificent. And I'll give a, uh, I'll give the other kind uh, radio listener a little ROI. Here's a tip when you're buying yourself your new television at whatever size or whatever 4K or, or HD or whatever you're getting. If you already have your Apple TV, your Roku, your your device that you're getting your Netflix and everything else on, when you're buying your television, if they start pointing you in the direction of getting a smart TV, well, the reason, you know, they'll say, hey, you want to buy this smart TV? Because it, it comes with Netflix. It comes with all this other stuff. It has been my experience so far that that is not the way to go. Get yourself a device that is simply, it's its the only reason for existence is to have those kind of software, uh, those kind of apps running on that device because those apps will get updated and you will it'll stay current and it'll stay good. Every smart television that I've ever seen that gets a little, little bit into its years, the Netflix app turns to garbage and everything else that are supposed to be the smart functions of the television um, don't always get updated because they, you know, model numbers for televisions change on a weekly basis. And then on top of the smart television debate is now they're saying that smart televisions, because they're connected to the internet and talking that they start monitoring what you're watching and all this other stuff. So go to the store, tell them you just want a plain old television at whatever size you want uh, and skip all the smart stuff. Leave that to the devices that do it on their own. And that's uh, Jeff's tip for television button. Awesome. Cool. Well, I can't wait to hear more. I mean, you got the best ones. You got Star Wars. You got Empire Strikes Back. Um, I haven't been able to get myself to watch the the last one again. I, maybe mm. in a, maybe if I get really, really bored, I'll do it. But I think you got the real meat and potatoes there anyway. Yeah, I one of the reasons I'm not that geeked up on buying that box set is that I don't know that I really ever want to watch the prequels again. Right. And oh God, no. I, I was not as big of a fan of the sequel trilogy as they call it. Um. Yeah. So I I will buy it because I am a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> I will buy it, but. I, those, that content will probably be viewed once, if if at all. And right. I, I hell, I I like Rogue One more than I like any of those other films. And so maybe I just buy the original three and Rogue One and just say to the others. There you go, there you go. But I understand at the same time, even though you'll never watch them to have the complete set, and it comes right. with this 
I'm looking at Best Buy again. It's got this little carrying case. It looks like it comes with a letter from George Lucas. Maybe it's a it letter. Says, I'm sorry. Apologizing for the prequels. Uh, just couldn't leave that. Just couldn't leave that that cookie alone. He had to keep seasoning it and putting chocolate chips and everything in it. So at some point we ought to have the discussion about, you know, how unfair it is that a musician, let's talk about with Springsteen again. Yeah. You can have born in the USA. And now today it's a very different song as he plays it the way it was originally written. Yeah. Very somber, haunting. Why those artists can take that and continue to mature the art Yet a filmmaker has to be tethered to this is a release date. That is the final film. And look, I get it. Maybe he wasn't always satisfied with what came out. However, there's something about film that creates a complete illusion Yeah. where you're in. It's a sensory overload and you're in this world. And when you change that, I don't know. I I, I, think, I just wish they would at least allow us to see the original. Yeah, I, I think part of... You know, for those that create, you know, you write songs and, and, you know, Bruce Springsteen and other, I'm thinking of uh, film wise, I'm thinking of, um, oh, good God, Stanley Kubrick, mm -hmm. you know, as creators of content, I don't think you're ever happy with everything because what you have in your mind's eye isn't always going to be exactly that plays out when you rewatch the scene. Um, right. But I think when it comes to maturity, Kubrick you know, I think here he didn't watch a lot of his films on there, you know, once they were actually cut and put out. And I think that's the reason because he didn't want to change everything. But at least some of those other iconic directors had the wherewithal to just, you know, just say, look, it's out. It's done. I'm done with it. I'm moving on to something else. And I'm not trying to beat up on poor George Lucas as well, but I'm just saying what he didn't, maybe what he didn't take into account was that my first viewing of Star Wars was the best viewing and I want to have that same viewing again, but to see Han Solo step on, on Jabba the Hutt's tail and Jabba the Hutt go like, no, Jabba the Hutt was a badass and you didn't mess with him because he'd send Boba Fett after you and put you in carbonite. So why are That's we? That's a great point, Jeff. I never, I never really even thought of why that scene fails you know besides the fact that he calls Jabba a great human being yes and of course George said well that was always intended and that's his way of putting him down no it wasn't no no you had a human being in that scene there was an actor standing in for Jabba and they were going to do a stop motion over him right they didn't know that Jabba at that point looked like a big snail right right and, and is that where the human the human being rakes on the universe now is the last thing you want to do is be called a human being because it's an I insult guess so. <laughs> I guess so so all right there's a there's an interesting thing to that you are <clears throat> absolutely right that Kubrick and all these kind of people tweaking tweaking and I would I would not begrudge George any of this if he weren't so adamant that I'm not gonna let anybody see the other one. Oh my god yeah. are you three years old you yeah. child you know, stop. You, you here's the thing, Mr. Lucas. You are not who you are today right. without of all of us wanting to see what you've created. Exactly. Yeah, whatever. Just like it, it not to keep beating this dead horse, but uh no, and we don't harm horses here at the other kind radio. Um, but th I'm thinking another another example uh is Jaws. I mean, do you think that that Steven Spielberg looks at Jaws? 
which hasn't been remastered as far as new digital scenes and a new digital shark and all the other stuff. I'm sure when he views that movie, there are things that he knows that exists technology-wise now that could have, you know, made things different. But again, he worked off, he got every every challenge he had on that filming, and I learned this from you and in, in reading, he found a solution. And it ended up making yeah. the shark more terrifying because you didn't see it. And to go back and remaster Jaws, I think would be, not remaster it, but to digitally... Enhance it. Uh, enhance it. There you go. Uh, I think would be a horrible thing to do. Well, do you remember that he he did do that with ET? Oh, he After did. George did this. Oh, there was boy. a I don't know if they called it special edition of ET where they put in a scene that had been cut because that I don't recall if it was that he was unhappy with the way the animatronic uh, ET looked. I don't recall what the reasoning for it was, but they right. put in another scene. He also had been bothered at the end during the beautifully constructed chasing you know yeah. that if we ever if they do ever make a twitch for um filmmakers and people like that i i would love to talk the, that chasing sure. because it is beautifully constructed the music is perfect but spielberg didn't like that the fbi agents came when they went to the the van that had et that they had their guns drawn he's like uh, they wouldn't draw the guns on the kid they weren't drawing the guns on the kid they were drawn on the space alien who scared right, them right so he animated he had them cg it in and take the guns out of their hands oh and they now had walkie talkies so you but the funny thing is when you watch that version you'll see guys and i'm going to do this like with jeff yeah. who got their gun like this <laughs> and they're they're you know the classic you're holding a gun yeah yeah but suddenly there was a walkie talkie in it <laughs> And he even came back eventually and said, you know what? We're putting that version away. That's, nice. I, I made a mistake. That is, Boom. you know, the real version was this. Here it is. And that's the version you see today. And George cannot do that. And well, and, and yeah, to, 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 yeah. I don't even remember that scene. I didn't even, I wasn't even concerned. I was more interested in All what right. was going on with E.T. So, yeah. And and I, I'm going to put this to bed with this and we're going to move on to your, right. your segment. This would be no different than the Spielberg and Lucas combination effort of Raiders of the Lost Ark were Indiana Jones to come through the plaza scene and see the guy with the big not, uh, sword that he's twirling around and yep. he just pulls a gun and shoots him. According to George's mentality that we have to fix Han Solo, that guy with the big sword should actually get to swing at or stab at Indy first so that he's defending himself. Right. No, Indy, I almost dropped it up. <laughs> Indy freaking. Yeah murders a guy in cold blood and it's the it, it, if you ever hear that they actually did that because harrison ford had the flu that day oh. and they just needed something where it's like oh and it becomes this classic yeah. joke it's perfect and you to take those things away ruins it but i'll say this you could see it in 4k now so yeah. it's beautiful <laughs> there i see how i brought that back around <laughs> i love it all right thank you todd that was a really good todd steak on that star wars in 4k available now uh i'm looking at best buy 249.99 if you've got all the gear, Todd's saying it's worth checking out and uh, enjoying. Twenty nine ninety nine. If you just want the movies individually. Oh, tw oh, that's not bad. That's yeah. not bad at all. That's Todd's take on. We'll take that projector, put it away, and it's secure, locked in, non COVID nineteen safe. I don't even know if that was appropriate. Um, we'll continue on to Jeff's judgment on. So, um. I, I was really surprised that this happened, but uh, let's let's uh, back up a little bit before we get there. So, Riot Games, who gives us, um, oh good lord, now now my brain's gonna gonna fail here. 
Um, uh, I'm typing here. They gave us, and I'm sure that everybody listening right now is screaming at me. Yes, Riot Games gives us this fantastic game back in 2009 called League of Legends. Now, um, that game went on to be uh, one of the biggest e-games tournament games ever created. We're talking about millions and millions of players. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars when they do their big tournaments. Um, If you want to know more about League of Legends, just uh, Google it. It'll kind of explain the game. The reason why it's relevant here is that same game developer that uh, brought that to the gaming world uh, had been talking about a game uh, release that, that that everybody was buzzing about that really is going to change the face of professional gaming, league gaming. Uh, and they are working on releasing a game called Valorant. And Valorant changes the playing field for a couple reasons. First off, it is not a battle royale. It is like Counter-Strike, where there's a map, and there's an attacking team, and there's a defending team. The map has a number of areas marked out, usually A, B, C. Uh, The maps are always just a genius design. You have some areas of the map where if you're a sniping type of character or player, you have long, narrow alleyways that you can try and snipe down. If there's areas where you want to do more close combat, there's areas that are designed for that. The attacking team's goal is to take a bomb, if you will, and get it into the opponent's A, B, or C area and then plant it. The defending team then needs to defuse it or wipe out the team for the round to end. It's six rounds as attacker, six, and then it switches and you become the defender, and vice versa. Um, CS... Go and Counter-Strike have had their own tournaments and everything. Uh, So this is kind of the continuance of that. The one thing they've added to that element is that each character has a special ability that helps either in close combat or attacking or defending. And so the teams that play each other have to be very careful in which characters they pick, kind of like uh, Overwatch, as each have strengths and weaknesses that will help defend and or attack uh, the other team. Now, normally what happens with games like this is if there is what's called a closed beta, which means there's limited keys available to download and play the game, those are given to people that are on Twitch and Mixer and whatnot because they want to get the word out about the game. But Riot Games really kind of turned this on its head. So what it did was it did it immediately give granted access to the closed beta to big streamers. But here's what they said. They said to all the other gamers that are ready to play this game and dying to play the game, here's what we're going to do. If you watch your favorite streamer on Twitch and you take your Twitch account and link it to Riot Games, which was I did, which is a very simple process, we are going to randomly give out keys so you can play the game. And it doesn't cost you anything. The longer you watch your streamers, the higher probability that you will get a key. I watched Tim the Tatman and Dr. Lupo um, for a number of days. And after about four or five days, I went and checked my email. And lo and behold, I had been invited to the closed beta of Valorant. And I'm nobody. So 
the fact that they're really giving and sharing these keys with people that are just fans of gaming is fantastic. So big kudos to Riot Games for doing that. Love you for that. Uh, I have since installed a game. Uh, I have uh, since realized how long it's been since I've played a PC game. It's not available on Xbox or PlayStation at this time. And I realized how my hands are so entrained from the uh, ASDW <laughs> movement and the mouse uh, aiming and shooting. But I'm having a blast. It's a great game. So um, for those of you that are out there, maybe want to watch it uh, a little bit. If you're interested in playing it, make, they're still doing the drops. They're going to continue to add more and more players to the game. Highly recommend you do it. If I can, if little old Jeff can get a key, uh, I'm definitely sure that you can get it. I, I real quick plug. I am going to be playing it on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash Hectos, which I'm still enjoying doing and, and encourage everybody to stop by and say hello. Um, but Valorant, this is something to keep an eye on. On the Twitch, and I can check right now, on the Twitch uh, webpage, um, you can go to browse and it will tell you how many people are watching other people play this game, right? And I don't want to get into the whole discussion about, I can't believe people watch other people play video games. Okay. That's for a different episode, but here, here are your top five. Okay. So the number one game for the last couple of weeks has been Valorant. Currently, Todd, there are 631,000 people watching people play Valorant. Whoa. Right behind it is their original uh, contribution to the gaming world, Riot Games. 368,000 are watching League of Legends. Uh, Dota 2, 226,000 viewers just chatting, and that just means somebody's sitting in front of their camera and chatting. 182,000 viewers. Grand Theft Auto, 148,000. And Fortnite, which used to just own this, 121,000. So I get it. If if you're if you're part of that that crew that listens to this show that is like I just don't understand why people watch other people play video games it's a dumb thing I get it continue but it's worth keeping an eye on because this game is going to redefine esports and the money that's made there are already um, gamers professional gamers that have been drafted into teams for this game that hasn't even gone live yet it's still in closed wow. beta. Big money, big names will be playing this game. Keep an eye on it. Valorant, available on PC. Watch it on Twitch. Uh, and that's Jeff's take on this week, unless Chris, unless Chris good Lord, unless Todd has any questions. I, the one thing I'm going to say that, that I never really thought about until this very moment with all the corona stuff, and we can't have sporting events, and we can't get together socially. Yeah. Is it possible that esports really could become – the stopgap solution that goes on to have a bigger life than actual real sports gatherings. I mean, I I've not given this a fair shot. I've not spent a lot of time watching these kind of things, but I could see how that could be very entertaining for people. You know, it's, it's something that's new and it's hard. I mean, it, we, we as consumers of media have our habits, right? For some of us, it's going in and sitting down and firing up the television and putting it on Food Network or putting it on, you know, whatever else that you are used to and familiar with the cast of characters that are on that channel, right? You go to Food Network, you see Guy Fieri running around eating food that you want to have in your living room right now. Um, so for me, Twitch started out as a kind of a new medium to um, 
digest. But with the personalities, Soda Poppin, who is this guy that just kind of does whatever he wants, and he's very funny. Uh, and, and some of these streams can be, you know, uh, adult rated. They'll say bad words and stuff. Uh, Coke uh, Carnage is another guy that's just a straightforward gamer, and he's really, really fun to watch. Then you've got people like Dr. Disrespect, who's outlandish, and whenever he, you know, gets killed in a video game, he blames the developers or, you know, the code and all this stuff. So he's kind of a fun character. Tim the Tap Man, just a regular guy, but a good gamer. So where I think the uh, habit for me came, in, came from to watch this uh, medium was getting to know the personalities, getting to know Tim the Tab Man, getting to know the inside jokes that Soda Poppin has. Um, so that's kind of where it, it can be a little rough in the beginning. But then you do look forward to see what they're going to say and have on that. Um, back to what your original point was, and that's where I'm leading up to, is I think for sure um, that this is going to become even more of a uh, uh, popular sporting event because of this, uh, they do already fill arenas for League of Legends, you know, with tens right. of thousands of people. But a lot of people are watching and they're catching on like any type of new medium. Like I said, if I just put you down and turned on soda popping for you, I think there would be an amount of time there where you'd be like, well, this isn't really much fun at all. But it is the great thing is with Twitch and Mixer, you find those personalities that you like. And then it's like Kind of the same thing as going and hanging out with Guy Fieri and going to a restaurant in, right. in Denver that makes hot wings. Right? Because hey, think, think about how could, real quick, just think about how long ago if I came up to you and say, hey, I've got an idea where you watch people go to restaurants and eat food. I totally agree yeah, with that, Jeff. Yeah. I, I just wish you'd quit referencing Guy Fieri and maybe go to Bobby Flay instead. <laughs> Guy, I just want to punch in the face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Um, I'm going to continue to play it and stream it, and uh, that's that's Jeff's judgment on Valorant. Great game. Tip of the iceberg. I think we're, this is going to be the next super big thing that even people that don't watch this particular medium are introduced to and get a better understanding of what it is to watch people play esports. All right, let's move on to the center stage. Um, today, we are going to talk about the 2020 release of a movie called Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. With the tale of the tape about this film, here's Todd. Birds of Prey tells the story of, as you said, Harley Quinn. After splitting with the Joker, she joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. This takes the characters created by uh, Harley Quinn created by Paul Denny, who is a very famous DC editor, writer, and it attempts to create the world in which they all live, uh, going so far as to even make the villain a lovely Batman villain named Black Mask. And it does so in a style that I'm trying not to just spoil what I think of this movie right from the get-go. <laughs> it does so in a style that I think wanted to be edgy and fun and exciting uh this is directed by kathy yan who is known for and I, you know i i did not see the film but she had a film called dead pigs that garnered some interest she'd made a few short films she's been associated with things writing etc 
I, I know why they hired a female director and I know all these things. I, I right away, I'm going to question right away before I get into you. <laughs> we're going to talk about the people that are in it. We're going to go to your thoughts. I immediately question this decision to give it to a director with very little experience. Right. So this, this has Harley Quinn. This has a ton of people from the DC world, including, and so funny that IMDb refers to her as a superhero. Renee Montoya is a cop from the DC <laughs> universe who, you know, uh, I even believe I'm going to have to look this up in the dark night. She's, she's there. Um, she is, she's a cop that either is hard edged or she's one that's easily manipulated. She's done a few things within the DC universe. Uh, I think the, the decision to put her here is a very interesting, great idea, but she's not a superhero. She's a cop. So right. at least want to clear that up. Jeff, you went into this. Tell me, why did you decide to watch it? Well, you know, my first uh, introduction or first time I became aware of this film it was mainly because when it was released, um, which is in February, so it was pre-COVID and everything, there, it, the reason why it caught my eye was there seemed to be some issues with its release. And if I'm remembering correctly, it was doing pretty miserably at the box office. Um, now, this could be a number of things. I, you know, I think when things do poorly at the box office, I don't think it's necessarily because of the director or the actors that were chosen. I don't think uh, the general public, um, you know, they've got to have a genuine interest to go see it. And I don't think the title or some of those other elements of the production are necessarily brought into consideration when they do that. I think we've been overloaded with superhero uh, films for a while now. And Harley Quinn is not, um, you know, for some, yes, you have diehard fans and everything. But Harley Quinn was just not at that A-list level of a Batman, Superman uh, character that we could do an origin story or a continuation story about a superhero. So my first... Um, impression of this movie was I probably wasn't going to see it. Um, I thought it was interesting at one point. I don't want to, I'm hopefully not stealing your thunder here. They actually renamed the movie uh, because they, I don't know, birds of prey. I don't know if that maybe was giving the the public the wrong impression of what kind of film it was. Um, but as we were going through our uh, production steps of trying to figure out what we could bring to center stage, I suggested this because I'm, Obviously, not a whole lot out right now. And it does offer up a few things as far as a female director and an all-female leading role superhero film. Uh, I, I liken it to the reboot of Ghostbusters that had an all-female cast in it. Uh, you know, I don't care if it's female, male, uh, ethnic, whatever. I want to be told a story, and I want to enjoy the next 90 minutes uh, of the film uh, and see what's going on. So I came into this with no real knowledge of Harley Quinn other than I played some video games, Arkham Knight, uh, where Arkham Asylum, where Harley Quinn and Joker are a thing and they're trying to kick your butt. Um, so, and even, uh, sweet Catherine watched the movie with me. Uh, so with opening credits and opening scene really did not have any, uh, expectations and, or, um, you know, any level that I expected this film to aspire to when watching it. So a lot of what you said there, I, I think is pretty spot on why this film tanked the box office. It, it has done better home box office numbers than yeah. expected. And that's mostly because people are consuming it due to COVID. Right. Um, <laughs> I think you've got some great actors associated Mar Margot Robbie. I, the first time I ever saw her, I thought, oh, wow, 
beautiful woman, eh, you know, but then she has gone on to continually surprise me the yeah. depths of her acting ability. Yeah. I think she's fantastic in this role. I am a Batman fan. Uh, Harley Quinn was never my favorite, but it's slowly becoming one that I, I find a very interesting character used sparingly. Yes. Um, and I think after Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie was one of the few standouts that people were like, wow, she's really pushing a character here that's great. Um, you've got Ewan McGregor in, uh, in the role of Black Mask that... For me, they completely get it wrong. Yes. Um, he is much more terrifying in the comics. Um, and here they make him some weird, flamboyant, over-the-top, kind of too charming, yet then quickly maniacal, yes. terrifying. And it's just like, I'm, I was never scared of him. And, and no. when you have these kind of things, if you go back to The Dark Knight, and they did not use Montoya, they called that character Ramirez, but it was a cop that was manipulated. It was very much Montoya. So she's, like I said, that character's been there. But when you make a movie like this, and you have these characters, and you have all these different things, you have to have a threat that's yeah it is and the reason i brought up dark knight is you cannot deny that heath ledger's joker is a threat to the the world that has been created right. to our main character i'm never afraid of black mask in this and it's it's just a failure after failure after failure you know I, from the tone of the film at the very first within the first 10 minutes i was like okay i kind of like this and then quickly after that we see Harley on the run from Montoya before they become partners. Right. Even the way it's shot and the way it's cut and the constant use of cutesy ideas yep. to bring in who, you know, she keep Harley keeps running into people that she has screwed over. Now, I don't know how you would do this any other way right. than to do, uh Oh, this guy's about to run me over. And then you'll see a graphic killed this guy's dog, you know, whatever it may be right. that she's done it's just done so lazily that I was like, this is stopping down any propulsion. So the reason to me that this failed is not so much that people don't care about Harley. Okay. Is, is that I think when critics came out and it's currently sitting, I, I looked over on, I am, uh, I'm sorry, on uh, rotten tomatoes and surprisingly from critics sitting at 78%. So it's certified fresh. It got better reviews than you expected. Mm. I think there were enough though, that when mixed with, and in different stores, a character, when they began to hear that it was a little bit, you know, didn't have the vibrancy you would expect for a character like this. Yeah. That people just thought, I don't care. I don't want to see this. It's DC has done such a poor job. I don't think just from the aspect of, I think their characters are as strong as Marvel, but what they've not done a good job in is Marvel could take small characters that no one's heard of let's be fair most people not really known iron man before they made it massive with the yeah. movies yeah but harley they haven't done enough to make me want to be with her to spend that two hours it's just a film that plods along um is by the numbers it just seems like every time oh okay now we're doing this mm -hmm. oh she mm -hmm. swallows a diamond so we have to make a poop joke and yep. it's just it it's really bad i said about halfway through this film that for me, the impression I was getting was it was a film that couldn't decide what it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it starts off with some ana some some animations about, you know, Harley Quinn growing up and, and being abused and stuff like that and then falling in love with the Joker. And it was all done very cute, cutesy. Um, and then you're right. They go into the backstory of some of the other characters 
and why she has pissed off these people that want to come in and, and beat her up and everything. And so, you know, it was kind of going along in a, in a particular way that, that I felt like was just going to be kind of light and airy and fun. And then we're introduced to a scene where, uh, is it black mask is his name, mm-hmm. black mass and his, his bad guy cut the faces off of a family. And to me, that was too jarring. Now they don't show a lot of it, but the fact that it's, you know, pretty much drawn out in front of you really to me changed the whole taste of, of, or, or view or vibe or whatever you want to say of the film. I'm like, Oh wow. We're getting into like, you know, more of a hardcore, maybe that would be something you would see in, in dark night uh, type of storyline and, and what's going on. And then we're right back to the cutesy fart jokes and swallow the diamond and everything. So for me, that's a little too much of a gear shift too quickly to stay in the vibe of the movie, which is very, very vivid, very colorful, very, uh, again, um, kind of a, a jolly rancher type of experience, you know, very bright colors and very candy ish. Uh, Harley Quinn breaks the, the fifth wall a number of times looking at the camera and so you you know you're kind of getting that that vibe. The other thing that um, drew me off as well is they explained pretty much everybody's backstory, but Black Mask, and I and I was wondering why they didn't do that. I mean, if they're mm. going to tell you about the heroine, they should tell you about the villain uh, or hero, I should say, and why Black Mask came about. Because then, like you said, he comes off as this rich nightclub owner that just and poor Ewan McGregor. Because he's a, Ewan's a great actor, mm-hmm. but I don't think they either gave him enough backstory or uh, enough to work off of to come up with a consistent, like you said, scary um, character. And the one thing, last thing I'll I'll throw in here, my I I could see a an issue with what is it called? What is the person that's in charge? Continuity mm-hmm. um, is when. When the bad thing happens that makes Black Mask get upset, he does this weird little scene where his face contorts, and, you, and the message you're receiving is, "Oh no, you know I don't need my my minions to take care of this. I'm going to show up, and I'm gonna I'm going to take care of this." So he does this little thing, and then the reveal of the mask, and then the uh, shot of Ewan McGregor's face pulling the mask down. Now the first thing I noticed is. I know in the next shot I see Black Mask, he's going to have black uh, makeup around his eyes because the Black Mask with just Ewan McGregor's gorgeous eyes peeping through them is not scary. Instead of that shot of him contorting his face and kind of doing this little wackadoo thing, have him in front of his makeup mirror and have him on speakerphone talking to the person saying that they've been betrayed and what do they want him to do and have him painting his eyes and putting on his character and saying, no, don't kill him. You know, I'll meet you there. And then have the shot of him becoming, since there's going to be the separation of, he's just a crazy guy that has this black mask that he puts on. Now you're seeing some transformation where the next time you see him and the first time you see him in his actual villain uniform, if you will, then you have some context, some understanding of what he went through in the process to become that versus I'm just going to put the mask on. Next time you see me, the, the makeup's going to already be colored in and we'll just don't worry about that, but be scared of me. 
you make two really good points. I don't think that I even caught when my interest in this film <laughs> waned, but it was that moment when they cut the faces off of the people. Yeah. yeah. Because what I was thinking was, oh, yeah, this is Black Mask. Black Mask is terrifying in, in yeah. the comics. He he is brutal. In fact, uh, in my geek collection of stuff, I have a Black Mask figure up there, and the thing he's holding is a drill. And Ooh. you know that that's, he's going to drill somebody in the face. With, mm. you know, that's just who he is. Um, so they got that right. But what they got wrong was we should what we should have done is him talking to all the people that are in that scene and then he should have said, do it. Yeah. And then it could, it could cut to a guy having a knife by the person's face and you cut away from the scene. We've then, maybe they find the bodies then with the faces cut off. We don't need to see what we see in that scene. Right. It so changes the tone of what is going on. You can have brutality without showing brutality. In fact, right. sometimes, and that's kind of what I did think was, I was like, I don't need to see this. Um if you implied that that's who he is, that's another thing. I also think one of the reasons that that moment when he dons finally dons the black mask, yeah, um, he's a he's basically a gangster mob boss type character. Yeah. Prior to that, but when he dons it, there's not enough in place preceding <laughs> it that says, "Oh, I should be scared of the moment he puts this on." Right. There should be people, you know, either someone saying, "Do you want me to get the mask?" Uh, <laughs> please don't put on the mask. There right. should be something to where people are terrified of it so that when he, he does it, I am. Oh my God. Right. But there's nothing, you know, it, let's, let's go back and compare it to dark Knight again. One of the b- beautiful touches of um, Joker is that both he has the scars around his mouth. So mm-hmm. they're permanent yet. The makeup is not permanent. He puts it on, takes it off. It becomes smeared. It does whatever. So when you see him again with new makeup, it's almost like he has prepared himself. Right. And it's, it, it is a subtle, scary idea that he, it's almost like a dance he's doing with himself to this kind of thing and presenting himself in this character. There's nothing here for the Ramon. And I forget what his last name is. And I'm, I'm not looking up on IMDb character to become, um, Black mask. There's nothing right. that says a transformation needs to occur so that he can escalate. It, it it's just it's it's badly drawn. It's yes. badly executed. Um, there's some there's some interesting stuff. Um, I I also question why we really needed to bring Harley's uh, hyena into this. That <laughs> that is from the comics. It doesn't tra- that. That's another thing. They can't decide whether they want to be in the real world or the comic world. Right. Right. Exactly. You got to pick one I, or the other. You got to pick one yeah. or the other. Yeah. And so it's just, and and then when Mary Elizabeth uh, Wanstead comes in as the huntress, that's an interesting idea how she is one of the people that was in a horrible situation and has become something else. But it just, and then she's, she's more concerned comedically yeah. about what they call her than she is on executing the plan. There's no character depth to what she's doing so when it happens i'm kind of like eh, yeah very okay. very milk toast when the introduction happens and then when she's when she starts to deliver lines and again i'm i'm not saying that the people in the 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 actors that are in this film don't have the capability i think this is a a writing slash directing and i understand in a comic book way there's different ways that humor works but again 
like I said, it doesn't make up its mind as what it's doing. And I felt the exact same way because when she was finally introduced, because she was showing up and doing some badass things, taking people out and doing stuff. And there was a lot of buildup. But then when she makes her appearance in, in character in full costume on the screen, they decide to blow it with a, with a, with a, with a kind of a crappy comedy line. And I'm yeah. like, wow, I think she deserves a little bit better. And then even later in the movie, she seems to be, um, comedically stunted when confronted with some of the other female heroes in there, when they say some things to her and she's like, Oh, what, what, what really? I, yeah. I'm just like, wait a minute. This is a woman that has trained all of her life to get revenge. That just, that doesn't mean she doesn't know how to take a joke. <laughs> yeah. And you can pull her, you can have that character be oh so serious and her seriousness be the joke. Right. But instead they make it out that she is, unfocused yeah you know, i'm like okay so she can she can execute on a plan of revenge yeah yet she's so unfocused that she is knocked off of her game because of what they're being called or whatever and it's just like this is stupid and, and that actress who is by the way the real life partner of ewan mcgregor they are a couple oh i um, didn't know that she is a great actress she was in fargo with him um she is she's she was in that um oh my god cloverfield film with john goodman mm-hmm She's a good actress. She is not given what she needs here. I, I find that the only actor to me that is very consistent in their role and makes sense. And Margot Robbie knows how to do Harley Quinn, but I don't think that what's written for her is good enough. The only actor that really works for me is Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya, because it is a character that is driven by something. Her actions make sense. Her reactions make sense. All of it makes sense right. for her character. The rest of them, and especially the young girl that swallows the diamond. I mean, she's just, why? Why did it? That's almost a character. Take her out. Find another way to give me a, a device where this, you know, MacGuffin of the diamond gets introduced. I, I just felt, I felt she was a waste. I, it, it's so unfocused. It can't decide what it wants to be. And it keeps throwing things in. It doesn't need. Yeah. Um. Now on, on the flip side of that, during this time of, of, you know, self quarantine and everything, if you're not really that interested in, in, in the, in the fine, uh, fine lines of the portrait and just want to look at some stuff that's visually, when she goes into the police station and, and uses the, the sandbags to kind of mm-hmm. go after, and there's some beautiful color explosions and stuff. If you just want to kind of go on that ride, if you want to go to McDonald's, and just have some chicken nuggets with their mustard sauce, then definitely rent this movie, support it, um, and enjoy it. Because there were enjoyable moments of it, uh, you know, to put some sunlight on the rain cloud. Uh, I think Todd and I, again, Todd being the expert, me still a, a noob when it comes to understanding the uh, nuance, nuances, nuances of uh, film. Um definitely has a few things that that could have could have uh, worked out a little bit better for it but like i said i'm in the mood for a cheeseburger right now so if that's what you're looking for i think this film can uh, can can fill some time for you i i think that's a really good point jeff i think there are th- i think it's shot well in places i think the performances are as good as they can be given what they have so like a chicken mcnugget it is the <laughs> amalgamation of a lot of parts that shouldn't fit together and can taste really good at times but occasionally you might get some gristle and it's really hard to chew nice 
That is exactly it. I think the kids love it. So that's the other kind radio take on Harley Quinn. I'm sorry, Birds of Prey or how I learned to be afraid of the bomb. I'm trying to and look emancipate at the- <laughs> Harley Quinn from the Joker who never makes an appearance and right. is still a presence. Chicken nugget. Yes. Um, all right. I think that's uh, that's everything we had on our docket. Any final words, suggestions for the kind listener as they enter what is a, another week of social distancing and self-quarantine? I know it seems like everything is gloom and doom. I know you want to get out there and see people. But everybody stay safe. Stay away from each other. Let the thing ride out. We want you back here with us. So please wash your hands. Stay safe. Be good to others. I love it. I love it. Yes. If you if you can hear the sound of Todd's voice and my voice, stay safe. We want you back. You're part of the other kind family. We're going to be back next week. And uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Oh, and remember, we are the other kind radio. The other. Thanks for listening. Radio. Talk. Radio. The other kind radio. The other kind of bring